Our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. Amen. Good morning and welcome to worship. Today the word leads us to remember, to recall, and to celebrate the faithfulness of our God and the all-in commitment that the Lord has made to us, a world of sinners, the grace and mercy that he's shown to us, the kind of commitment that engenders our commitment to those in the world around us. Our first reading and this morning's sermon text from Ruth, chapter 1. During the days of the judges, a famine occurred in the land. So a man left Bethlehem in Judah to stay a while in the territory of Moab, he, his wife, and his two sons. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were from the clan of Ephrath, from Bethlehem in Judah. They entered the territory of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. So she was left with her two sons. They then married Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpah, and the name of the second was Ruth. They lived there for about ten years. But Naomi's sons, Malon and Kilian, also died. So the woman was left without her two children and without her husband. Then Naomi set out with her daughters-in-law to return from the territory of Moab because while she was in the territory of Moab, she had learned that the Lord had graciously visited his people by providing them with food. So she left the place where she had been and her two daughters-in-law left with her. They set out on the road to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, both of you, return to your mother's house. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to the dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you find security in the house of a husband. And she kissed them, and they wept loudly. But they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. Then Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Am I going to give birth to any more sons who could become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to be married to another husband. Suppose I say I have hope and I will be married to another husband tonight and I will even give birth to sons. Would you wait for them until they grow up? On the basis of that hope, would you give up the chance to marry another husband? No, my daughters. It is much more bitter for me than for you because the hand of the Lord has reached out against me. They once again wept loudly. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth would not let her go. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has returned to her people and to her gods. Go back, follow your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to abandon you or to turn back from following you, because wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you make your home, I will make my home. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. 
May the Lord punish me severely and double, if any, and double it if anything but death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Then the two of them traveled until they arrived at Bethlehem. The word of the Lord. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Lord, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus, my dear friends. She made an all-in commitment. Her name is Chrissy Nelson. She was a single, free-spirited, outgoing young woman who loved scuba diving and going for rides on her motorcycle. Chrissy Nelson was a nurse, and she worked in the intensive care unit at a Minnesota hospital. And that's where she met Stephen back in 1989. Stephen was a patient of hers, a two-year-old little boy who'd been born with cerebral palsy. He seemed destined to spend the rest of his life tethered to hospital machines. All her life, Chrissy Nelson loved serving people, loved helping people. But little Stephen seemed beyond help and beyond hope. She was scared for him. His body was starting to shut down. Then one day, Chrissy Nelson was in his room, tending to him, and Stephen let out a side-splitting laugh over something silly that she had done. And in that moment, he won her heart. Against pretty much everyone's advice, Chrissy Nelson adopted Stephen. She quit her job and took him into her home, and loved him with a mother's unconditional love for the next 12 years, until Stephen passed away at the age of 14. Talk about an all-in commitment. What are you committed to in life? Your family? Your career? Your pet? Your savior? Not just in theory, but in practice. What are you committed to in life? And what kind of sacrifices are you willing to make in order to keep those commitments? You know, this book of Ruth is a short little four-chapter book from the Old Testament. It isn't heavy on doctrine, but it does teach us about love. More pointedly, it teaches us about an all-in commitment. And, and so it is that our text introduces us to an ancient Israelite family living in the land of Judah. They lived in the little town called Bethlehem uh, more than a thousand years before Jesus was born there. There was a man named Elimelech, married to his wife, Naomi, and they had two sons together, Melan and Kilian. And all was going just fine until a devastating famine set in. 
There was no food to be found. They, they were starving to death. They did the only thing that they could do. They packed everything up and they set off for the distant land of Moab. It wasn't ideal living in a foreign land amidst foreign people who worshipped the false god named Kamosh. But at least they had food. At least they could survive. After a time living there in Moab, more tragedy set in. Elimelech died. And now Naomi was left a grieving widow together with her two sons. Well, in time, her sons each met and married Moabite women, one named Orpah, the other named Ruth. And then more tragedy set in. While they're in Moab, both of, Ruth's, both of Naomi's sons died. So now here they were, these three women, all of them widows, all of them grieving, all of them childless. I don't think in our world today we can fully appreciate what life must have been like for these three. There were no life insurance policies. There were no government-funded programs. There was no social security to care for them. Naomi wasn't only living in a foreign country. She was living in a desperate situation. But did you notice Naomi's commitment to her Lord? The cruel hand that she had been dealt in life had not robbed her of her faith in the Lord. She trusted in the true and living God, and she continued to live her faith no matter what. Look at some of the evidence. Verse 6, we're told that Naomi received word that the Lord had graciously visited his people by providing them with food back in Bethlehem. Not they caught a lucky break, or they pulled up their bootstraps and made the best of everything. No, but the, the Lord had graciously come to the aid of his people. Or, or how about the way that she showed such love and kindness to her two daughters-in-law as they prepared to return to Bethlehem. She takes the time to speak with them lovingly, and she expresses two wishes for them. The first is there in verse 8. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to the dead and to me. She's praying that the, the Lord would remain with them and visit them with his faithful love. And then the second wish for, from her is in verse 9. May the Lord grant that each of you find security in the house of a husband. What a, what a great example of faith Naomi is. This all-in commitment to the Lord her God. Naomi viewed everything in life, the good and the bad, from the perspective, through the lens of her abiding faith in the Lord her God. Her God was not a, an hour per week part of her life. Her God was her life. And she never shied away from an opportunity to share with others. I wonder, are his name and his praises and his will as often on our lips as we interact with the people in our lives, with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers, with people out in the world that we socialize with, are his name and his will, his love and his promises that evident in the things that we post on Facebook or in social media? I wonder what might happen if we season more of our conversations in life with the wonders of his love and the reminders of his great faithfulness. Naomi had a Holy Spirit worked all in commitment to the Lord her God. 
But of course, what Ruth chapter 1 is most famous for is the all-in commitment of her daughter-in-law, Ruth. She states it in those familiar verses, verses 16 and 17. Ruth said to Naomi, wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you make your home, I will make my home. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely and double it, if anything but death separates me from you. Wait, Ruth, what are you doing? Go back home. You're still in the prime of your life. Hit the reset button, Ruth. Find a great guy. Get married. Raise a family. Start your life over. Matter of fact, that's what Naomi, her mother-in-law, told her to do in no uncertain terms. She basically says, look, Ruth, why would you go back to Bethlehem with me? You've never lived there before. I have no money, no job, no prospects. Life is going to be difficult. You have your life in front of you. Go back to Moab. You've got everything to live for. But Ruth wouldn't hear of it. Wherever you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And she said all of this to a woman whom she didn't believe would be able to give her much of anything. She just stated her all-in commitment. That was the commitment of the Good Samaritan in the story that Jesus told in today's gospel lesson. The priest and the Levite, who certainly knew better, passed by on the other side, apparently okay with leaving this half-dead robbing victim there on the side of the road. But not the good Samaritan. He's all in. He bandaged the man's wounds, took him to an inn, paid for his stay, promised that he would return and pay any remaining balance for his stay and for his care. He showed mercy. He showed kindness. He showed love. Go and do likewise, Jesus tells us this morning. All in commitment. Where does commitment like that come from? The truth of the matter is that we aren't told just how much Ruth knew about the true and living God at the time when she stated her all-in commitment to Naomi. But I certainly assume that she had seen Naomi and her family's faith on display. Clearly, she had heard them talking time and time again about the Lord their God. And again, that's the importance of living our faith out loud, friends, to share his wonders with people. But here's what I want to drive home for us today. I want you to be amazed at the all-in commitment that the Lord our God made to you. Because, see, this text isn't just the story of a young widow showing kindness and support to her mother-in-law. And this book of Ruth isn't just a story about the Lord being committed to a couple of widows in their darkest hours. 
This book of Ruth is all about the Lord's all-in commitment to a world of sinners who would be forever dead without him. You see, as the book of Ruth continues, Naomi and Ruth do make it back to Bethlehem together, and once there, frankly, they continued to struggle to survive. Until one day when Ruth went out to pick up scraps of grain in the field of a kind-hearted, God-fearing man named Boaz. And sure enough, in time, Ruth and Boaz fell in love, and they got married. And sometime later, Boaz and Ruth were blessed with a gift of a baby son, a little boy they named Obed. And many years later, Obed and his wife had a little baby boy. That boy's name was Jesse. And some years later, Jesse and his wife had a bunch of sons, the youngest of whom was named David, whom we know better as King David. He was the royal ancestor of that precious Savior who was eventually to be born in Bethlehem, the one that we call Jesus, great David's greater son. In other words, this Ruth from Moab was the great-grandmother of King David, and thus she became an important figure in the ancestry of our life and our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so through Ruth, an unlikely Gentile woman from Moab, God, in his all-in commitment, graciously preserved the promise that he first made to the world back in the Garden of Eden, the promise that he would send salvation to a fallen world through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. I would guess that to some back then, it must have seemed like Ruth and Naomi had caught some lucky breaks coming back to Bethlehem and bumping into Boaz. Some, I suppose, might say that this was just good karma coming back to a couple of really nice women. But you know, you know better. We know that our God is the Lord of history who always acts with a plan in mind and whose master plan is to save sinners like us, to bring us to faith in Jesus to make us members of his kingdom, to adopt us as members of his family so that we can live trusting in him here and now and, and look forward to living with him forever in heaven through faith in Christ Jesus. We've learned that lesson, right? Sinners such as we are, we were in straits that were far more dire than those of Naomi and Ruth. We are by nature born into this world spiritual beggars who can only plead for God's mercy and grace. Without that, we know that we're destined for an eternity in hell. But God graciously heard the pleas of his people and responded and sent us a rescuer, one named not Boaz, but Jesus, our Redeemer. And Jesus, in his mercy and compassion, was pleased to marry himself to us the church. And he has forgiven all our sins, including our sins of, of not trusting in his plan for our future when times get tough. He has fed our starving souls with the life-giving food of his gospel and his promises. 
He has redeemed us from our former empty way of life and has filled us with this driving desire to serve him and glorify him with our lives. He has loved us with a love even far more committed than that of Ruth or Naomi. He's promised us that he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. Friends, the God who is weaving together the lives of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz is the same God who is constantly at work in the fabric of your life. And that's true even when you don't see it. When everything seems hopeless and when you feel like giving up and when you feel tempted to start to boycott your spiritual life because things have gotten difficult and you think God ought to do better than that, then stop and take a deep breath and put a hand in Satan's face and turn back to this God who loves us in spite of ourselves, the God who made an all-in commitment to us, literally, who went to hell and back for us. This God whom we're eager to love and to serve and to glorify because he loved us first. And then, having taken in that all-in commitment believing that you are his forgiven child both now and forever in Christ, then you are ready and equipped to go out into the world and to show that same kind of love and kindness and all in commitment to the people that you rub elbows with in this world. To treat them with the same kind of loving kindness that the Lord your God has shown to you. What are you committed to today? Are those commitments attached to things or to people that promise you some kind of a great return for your commitment? In other words, are you only willing to make commitments to people or to things that you think can benefit you? Here we come to find that true faithfulness, God's faithfulness, is a commitment to the other person that's made without expecting anything in return. When it's truly for that other person and not for self. Friend, that's the kind of commitment that God has made to you. When Jesus died on that cross, he was saying to you, I'm all in for your salvation. May we not only take in that loving, saving, all-in commitment by faith, but let's live in its glory. Today and every day. Amen.